As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome back to 755 is Real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer at The Athletic. I'm with my co-host, Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever. What's going on, Eric? What's up, Dave? Not much, man. We had an off day. Uh, Braves coming off a rare series loss. And now they're going to face the Diamondbacks. So, you know, it's so funny when they get when a team is uh, going as well as they are. I mean, they have... The best record in the majors by several games, uh, and and are and are basically a consensus now. If you look at all the power rankings and all that, and you hear them talking on MLB Network, consensus best team in the majors right now. You know, yeah, like Tampa was early in the season, like the Dodgers have been in the past, and the Astros. I mean, everybody says the Braves are the best team in baseball. It's setting on course to break all kinds of school, uh, home run records. Uh, you lose two games to a bad team, and it's just inevitable that 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 so many and not not all of them because there are plenty of really astute fans that understand that the best teams can, can lose to the worst teams. Anything yeah. can happen in baseball, but you get especially in social media because it wouldn't have been like this before social media. You wouldn't have heard these vocal minority people unless they happen to call a radio calling show. But you get these outcries about. I mean, the most ridiculous things like, oh, here we go. Like they're waiting for the Braves to collapse because they lost to the White Sox in a series coming off the All-Star break where almost more than half the Braves lineup regulars were playing in the All-Star game in Seattle, traveling to the West Coast and back, really didn't have even a full off day during the break. So, you know... And because they lost a couple of games when they made some sloppy plays in defense, Eddie had a worst game of his season. You just get so many reactions. Like like one guy, the most ridiculous thing was they lost to Lynn and Cease because these are the kind of pitchers we're going to face in the postseason. I'm like, what about all those pitchers they beat during the 11 series streak? I mean, they beat the best, some of the best pitchers in baseball, like nobody else had beaten them all year. Those same people didn't come out and say, yeah, these are the pitchers we're going to see in the postseason and we're handling all of them. It's just the panic mode. It's just it never ceases to amaze me. It shouldn't It shouldn't surprise me, but it's still like, come on, man. Everybody gets a mic with social media, you know. Everybody just gets that to football say something. Mentality, but... Football mentality comes forth. Yeah, and you they have to just, be the opposite in baseball. You just don't think they act like you cannot lose. A, a great team should not lose to an inferior team. But it happens every day in baseball. At least two or three teams almost every day are ups- upset by a really bad team that they should never lose to, according to the, the you know, to the statistics and the ma- pitching yeah. matchups. Even the playoffs are scary. I mean, you can have like a 110-win team go up Absolutely. against an 86-win team in the first round, and you don't know what's going to happen. You know, I mean, if, if it was like other sports where if you have LeBron, you know, you're winning right. in the first round. Right. But it's baseball's not like that. And if you could see that in the playoffs, it can definitely happen in July. And you know, in baseball, I mean they had like Eddie had made a made a had a terrible play in in, in left field and 
you give up like four runs in an early inning, like in the first inning. And it's so hard to come back from that against yeah. a good pitcher like a Dylan Cease or a Lynn. I mean, they can do it against lesser pitchers. They can they can come back against anybody. But it's hard against a, a really good pitcher. And uh, so, but that's what can happen at baseball. Whereas in football, if you get down two or three touchdowns in the first quarter and you got Patrick Mahomes or you got, I mean, those teams yeah. come back. You got three yeah. quarters to come back and it's not that huge a deal. It's hard to do in baseball against a really good pitcher. And yeah, the, and and the you, Sox do have some good relievers and a couple of good starters. Yeah, they're they're a major league team. You yeah. know, I mean, and you think about in like football, it'd be hard to score forty something in the first. But yeah. that's the equivalent of what four or five runs in baseball is. Right. And that can happen in a hurry. And then they're you know, they can be just as hard to come across. I mean, you have nine innings to come back, and this team doesn't quit. But yeah, that puts you in a big hole. And that's what they've been doing to everybody else all year. And they almost you know? did come back in the one game. They lost six five. You know, yep. and then Cease just pitched a great game the other day, and Braves got down early. Uh, so and 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 uh, and you had Colby Allard get roughed up early, and then he leaves with shoulder tightness. Uh, and they did put uh, there. Colby Allard is on the sixty day IL. Not surprising. The Braves bringing up Forrest Wall, who is a burner. We saw outfielder. We saw him in spring training, and he was really impressive, man. He can steal bases at will. So what is that? Left shoulder nerve inflammation. That can be a little worse than uh, regular inflammation, right? Yeah, it sounds like that thoracic outlet a lot of guys deal with. Oh, yeah, that's that can be really rough if you have to end up having to have that surgery. But Anything with nerves, man. Nerve pain. And then you lose, you know, if, if your nerves getting compressed or having any kind of inflammation around it, you lose that strength and feel, you know, I had that with my, my elbow when I had Tommy John, they, the scar tissue had wrapped around the nerve. Uh-huh. And I just like, my grip strength was about 60% of what my right hand was. And my left hand was a stronger one initially and with that scar tissue wrapped around it. It was just. I don't know. It just it just never really felt right. When I got that thing decompressed, it was like no longer numb. You know, I never had any numbness. My arm felt pretty damn good. Um, but yeah, you never want I don't think you ever want anything to do with a nerve, especially if you're a pitcher and you're throwing on. Check out these stats for Wall this year, man. At Gwinnett. He's hit two fifty eight, but a three sixty OBP. 45 stolen bases in 49 attempts in 78 games. Wow. Six triples, six homers. That Trying is to figure uh, out what, what they're going to use him for. Well, with uh, the left field situation being what it is, I think you'll see him out there. Yeah. Because uh, Eddie has some hamstring tightness, so they had Hilliard out there. Uh, the other day, and they got to be careful. Snit said they're going to be careful with Eddie. And, uh, you know, the defense is, is serviceable with Eddie, but not, you know, that, that was a really bad game that he had the other day. He hasn't killed him with the defense this year at all. He's played okay. I mean, not good, but not, but okay. But he's been, he's hit well, you know, he's, he's been a more of a positive, uh, than he's been a negative for sure. So, but, uh, you know, if they bring this kid up, they're going to give him a chance to play. You know how they do that with the Braves. They're not bringing up a prospect and sitting him on a bench. Be interesting to see. I mean, that's a lot of speed in the lineup. So the pitching matchups for this uh, Arizona series, we got two of them very favorable for the Braves, and the third one is a hell of a matchup. You got Zach Davies, who's one and five of the six three seven, going against Bryce Elder tonight. Elder's coming off his worst start of the year, worst start of his career, that last start, the last game before the uh, All-Star break. So it'll be interesting to see him. I'm sure he's going to come out jacked, man, wanting to really, you know, come up with a good start coming off the break. So that, that had to be rough for him, man, having that bad start at Tampa Bay and then going to the All-Star games, your first All-Star game, and you're coming off the worst start of your career. You know, and just knowing he's, he's a prideful guy, that had to, that had to hurt, a little, sting a little bit. And especially knowing you weren't going to pitch in the All-Star game. You're just going to go out there and got that hanging over you. I'm sure he still enjoyed it like hell, but. Yeah. But he's still 7-2 with a two nine seven even after that rough outing at uh, Tampa Bay. No, um, I mean, you pat yourself on the back for a great first half and go enjoy your All-Star game. I, I don't think there's anything that anything that makes it easier to wash away than, well, that sucked, but I'm headed to the All-Star game. 
yeah, I'm sure. I, I'm. I certainly hope that that was the case. That he was able to, you know, just shrug it off. It probably <coughs> helped a lot that he was going out there with seven teammates, including uh, Spencer Strider, and I'm sure they all told, "Hey, man, you know, may, it'd be different if it was just like him and one other guy going out there." Probably, you know. Did they take a private jet? They they took the same charter they always take oh, because okay. they had everybody had family members and all that. Right, so you right. end up you end up filling basically the whole charter like you do on a regular. So they took the team plane or eighteen plane. I was going to say that'd be cool to. That probably would have been his first private jet. Yeah, yeah. They had too many to take a private jet. They had eight people plus families. <laughs> yeah, because normally you got one or two. They'll yeah. send you in a jet or something. Yeah, but, even like three, maybe you could take. You know, three people and take. You're, you're allowed to bring two people, two guests, and you could do it, but not with eight. <laughs> yeah, you start bringing your family, parents, things like that. All of a sudden, they got a full plane. But that's probably pretty cool, though, since you got. Yeah, you got the regular size plane. They probably said, "Yeah, bring whoever you want, man. We got room." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're responsible for getting the tickets, but hey. So yeah, you got uh, so you got Davies against Elder tonight. You got Ryan Nelson, who's five and five with a four nine eighty ERA, going against Charlie Morton on Wednesday tomorrow. Charlie, ten of six. He's got his ERA down to three point two zero now after that terrific start the other day. Man, that was he was nails the other day. I think he could pitch till 45 if, if his heart will allow it. You know, like if he, if he can mentally handle to continue to do this, there's been no decline in his stuff at all. Yeah, that's what everybody I talk to about him says. All the other pitchers say, man, he can pitch as long as he wants. Because of his mechanics and that way he can spend a ball still. And he still he still reaches down and gets it to 98 when he wants. He comes out throwing 98 and uh, popping a 98 in the first inning. I can't tell you how ridiculous that because I think he might be either my age or a year older than me. It's thirty nine. There's no chance. I mean, it, I gotta, I, I gotta put two or three quality days in just to go play beer league softball. That's just where <laughs> my body's at, you know. And it, that's what's insane about his is, I know he's working his ass off. I'm not taking that away from him, but there's there's a genetic factor there where you can work as hard as you want. Even even look at Scherzer and Verlander. Yeah, they're still major league pitchers, but you can sit if you look at those guys when they were 25, 26 yeah. to what they're throwing now. Yeah. And probably they're probably working. I mean, they probably have a staff getting them onto the field of personal people doing everything they can. Their stuff's still declining. Charlie's had none. He can still get up to 98. He can still spin it like crazy. He's healthy. Yeah. It's there's some guys that are just like unicorns. Like they just yeah. able to keep doing the same thing. Well, Scherzer, like had a great, Scherzer had a great one the other day. But, yeah, he's showing a lot more signs of wear and tear and breaking down than Charlie is. But, on the other hand, you got to look at – remember how Charlie was such a late bloomer yeah. that he wasn't really good until his late 20s, early yeah. 30s, actually. Yeah, that's when, look he, up. He that's when he went throw. to elite, really, when he was in his early 30s, when he went to Houston. So, kept his so, innings down. Yeah, 1,900 innings. And those other guys are way over that. So and he pointed that out the other day. He's nothing if not modest and 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 honest about that stuff. And he said, "Yeah, I mean, he, he thanked everybody that's helped to keep him on the field and all that." But he said, "I mean, in, in 1900 innings, he goes, it's a lot, but it's nothing compared to those other guys you're talking about, the other 40 year olds out there." Wonder how many Scherzer has. I'm guessing 4,000. 4,000 innings? No, 3,000. No, Nolan Ryan He's, only had 5,000 something. Yeah, Scherzer, got, Scherzer has 2776. Okay. So he could get 3,000. Yeah. Yeah, Nolan Ryan, is, there's not many 4,000s, not in the modern era. Nolan Ryan. Well, I was five. talking about even 300 wins the other day and how, I mean, you have to average 17, 17 wins a year for 17 years, basically. No, unless, unless the game really changes again and reverts, but how many times does that happen? I don't see them going back to the same usage no. of starting pitchers. So starters just aren't going to get decisions like they always did because they're, they're not, they're not going to go seven or eight innings on a regular basis. They're going to yeah. go five or six. Yeah. If that. Verlander has 32-38, so he's got, got – Yeah, that's – I guess that makes a lot of sense. But still, I don't – it's not like Charlie wasn't pitching. You know, he's racking up minor league Yeah, he's hurt and, a lot too. Yeah, yeah, he's got a lot of minor, a lot more minor league innings than those guys for sure. Mm-hmm. A lot more. Either way, it's just ridiculous. Every time I watch him pitch, yeah, I mean, he's, I'm just like, this is. And every year you're waiting for it to fall off. I mean, they keep signing to like, here's an option, or we'll extend you in September if you're not broken yet. 
Yeah. And every year he just comes back. And I think we talked about this last time, but that's a lot of the the lack of uh, excitement about him. Yeah. I think everybody's just waiting for him to finally fall off that cliff. But every time he shows up and throws 96 with a hammer curveball, it's like, this guy's just different. And it's the same stuff every time he goes out. I mean, you know, he might give up a few hits, give up a few runs, but it's the same stuff. I mean, he does, yeah. he does, it's not like he comes out in one game, he's throwing 92. You yeah, know? exactly. I mean, he's coming out and so on the same spin rates. It's just it, it, with him, he might have a rough inning, a bad inning when he's just missing on a few pitches. That's yeah. it. You know, he leaves a couple over the middle, but it, it, the stuff is. Yeah, he doesn't so have to consistent. feel good to throw 96. That's just what he still throws. Then in the series finale on Thursday, you got Zach Gallen, D backs ace, who's 11 and 4 with a 3.14, going against Spencer Strider, who is 11 and 3 with a 3.66 and 176 strikeouts and 110 and two thirds innings. He's obviously the major league leader in strikeouts and strikeout rate. Um, Strider might have more strikeouts in this in this season than I got in my career. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be the only guy that like because you used to have guys that would that would push 250 to 300 strikeouts because they went 230, 250 innings. Yeah. He's gonna be the only guy threatening 300 strikeouts these days. I got I got 318 in my career. If if he had a season where he was going deep in games, he could probably beat it. Well, he's got – look how many he's got in, in one and a half seasons. or yeah. one. Yeah, way over that. <laughs> he's got 300. He's got almost 400 strikeouts in, in one and a half seasons. <laughs> it took me 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And it'll be interesting seeing him coming off a, a, a rare rough outing for him too. But there were uh, there were there were uh, outside there were factors beyond his uh, doing in that one, and namely that was the game Eddie Rosario really struggled out and left. So they went down as earned runs, but they could have easily not. I didn't see the so plays. Can you describe them to me? Two plays coming in. You know he makes those sliding catches sometimes that are really like, whoa, you know, they look like when he makes them, they're pretty, they're pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. But they're, they're pretty reckless at times. And a couple of balls, one, he just didn't get to nearly got a bad jump and it bounced in front and went past the other. He missed and it went, he hit, they were like those that went and past. And you slide, it counts as a hit. And, and yeah. yeah. And they rolled. And I'm sure that's where he tweaked his hamstring. Cause that's such an unnatural and urgent panic motion for those guys. When a ball gets past them, and they're yeah. planting and running back, like, oh, my God, and running back yeah. to avoid an inside-the-park home run. I yeah. guarantee you that's when it – because it's just not a natural movement, you know, controlled at all. Yeah, you're in a position like standing up or something and trying to launch off the ground, you know, yeah. just position that you're not – you don't train in. So, Strider leads Major League starters with a strikeout rate of 14.3 per nine innings. That's after leading Major League starters a year ago at 13.8 as a rookie. His ERA was a full run lower last year at 2.67 than the 3.66 right now. But that's, I think, a little deceiving because it's like basically three bad outings is why that's where it is, you know. I mean, for the most part, it's been right where it was last year, if not lower. But he but he's had a few rough outings that he didn't really have last year. So when he wasn't in the rotation, but for uh, four, for, for the entire season. 
What was his uh, strikeout rate? Uh, it's 14.3 per nine innings right now. It was 13.8 last year. Both that's are, that's both. matching DeGrom's best season. Yeah. Yeah, at the, uh, at the All-Star break, he was like one-tenth or so ahead of DeGrom's record for strikeout rate in the first inning, in the first half. He beat DeGrom's record. What's the record for a full season? Mm. We have to look that up. Got to be around 14, DeGrom. I mean, last year he set the record for fastest to 200 strikeouts. So that would have been the, that, the record for that. But he obviously only went 130 innings last year. So it didn't, uh, it didn't qualify as enough uh, innings. But anyway. Yeah, he's got right now. I mean, he's got the best ever. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. I mean, it's, you forget. You forget because we're seeing him every game. You know, we're seeing these numbers all the time. You get numb to him. But you got to remember, I mean, he's doing stuff that even Nolan Ryan didn't do. Yeah. Which yeah. Is, is crazy to say that anybody could do strikeout numbers Nolan Ryan didn't have. But it's a, it's a really different game, and I understand that. Strikeouts were – I mean, nobody struck out 200 times a game uh, – 200 times a season back then. You know, it was just different. Yeah, but, Nolan's best was eleven point five, but you're right; it was a different. I mean, different. if you if you struck out three times in a game and yeah, still hit a homer or something like that was unacceptable back then. I mean, Dave Kingman was like the the guy that stood out as the whiff king that hit a ton of home runs. There's a lot of guys with those kind of numbers now. Yeah, but nobody struck out like Dave Kingman did back then. They're, Carlos Pena was the first guy I remember it being okay to hit like two twenty with forty. And strike out a bunch that the, the Tampa was like, we were looking at it like, dude, this. Yeah. Well, he's hitting 40 homers. And then analytics told us that it's okay that's to okay. do that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it, that's why I don't want, I, I would never, I, I, I'd be hesitant to ever say anybody's better strikeout pitcher than Nolan Ryan. Now, Nolan and, would probably strike out 18 in today's Exactly. Game. And then, of course, the longevity is never going to be matched with Nolan Rod did. I mean, he's no. seven no-hitters. The last one was at 44 or whatever. Yeah. I mean, he was ridiculous. And the guns were so different then. They say if they use the same gun now to time pitches back then, because it's time now. It was time back then as it got near the batter, and it's time now when it leaves the hand. Yeah. And they said now, it, it, there's been various estimates say that it, no, if you time Nolan Ryan's pitches now, they'd be anywhere between 104 and 108. It's, seen, it so sounds ridiculous, but you watch his mechanics and how yeah. the ball comes out of his hand. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't mean, know. I'd say at least, I know that even in the last like 20 years, there's been a change where they used to pick it up 10 feet from the pitcher, and now it's directly out of the hand. Right. Even that alone has increased it by two or three miles an hour. Yeah, that's a big difference than used to. They get it right before it got to the batter's box. <laughs> yeah, with the batter's box, it's like minus 10 miles an hour. So, anyway, uh, what he's doing is unprecedented, really, as far as just raw strikeouts. Uh, had 202 and 131 and two-thirds innings last year when he broke Randy Johnson's record. And uh, he's on pace to get there faster this year. So, anyway, the Braves had uh, – he gave up. He, he was charged in that White Sox game. He was charged with eight hits and five runs in six innings. He had 10 strikeouts and no walks. So, I mean, it wasn't like it was a terrible outing, like he was walking a bunch of people or anything. That's a hard inning. To, that's a hard outing to put together. It is. It really yeah, the, is. A couple of misplays would explain that, though. Yeah. With a couple of hits that should not have been hits and a few yeah. runs that shouldn't have been runs. Um, Braves had won 16 of his 18 starts before losing that one, six to five. They almost won that game still, but. 16 of his 18 starts. So even with that outing included, he's 4-1 and one with a 2-5-3 ERA in his last five starts. His strikeout-to-walk ratio in those five last five starts, 49 strikeouts and four walks in 32 innings. 10-1, to one, basically. 12-1. to 12-1. to one. <laughs> It's crazy, man. I, I remember 3-1 to one being like, you're having a great season. Yeah. Yeah, three to one. It's still seen as kind of as, as kind of a tape, uh, a standard. You know, if you can do that, three to one, it's good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but yeah, going back to the comparing strikeout totals and and all that, I I, I mean, I don't want to say it, it's like comparison. It's like comparing home runs rates and home run totals from the steroid era to this one because it implies that somebody's using steroids 
in with pitching, and that's not implied at all. But it's similar in that it's it's almost ridiculous to even compare what Bonds and Sosa and McGuire did on steroids to what guys are doing now. Right. It's apples and oranges. It's a different game. Yeah, and and so in that regard, it's almost the same. Trying to compare what you know some the strikeout guys like Degrom and 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 Strider are doing compared to guys like Nolan Ryan or J.R. Richard or you know or Sandy Koufax, you know, because it's a very different game. Yeah, so. well, I mean, you had lineups. It, it's it's crazy, but now if you're if two eighty hitter with seven home runs and you want to play first base in the big leagues, good luck. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and the, the game was full of guys hitting ten to fifteen home runs and batting in the upper two hundreds. You know, two eighty, two ninety, quality of bats. They weren't going to go deep. They weren't going to do damage, but they were just good at bats. And now, I mean, I bet if you hit three hundred with seven home runs at first base, nobody wants you. They'd be looking to get a, more power there for sure. It's funny because I was doing a story on Fred McGriff being inducted in the Hall of Fame because uh, Thursday is the thirtieth anniversary, by the way, of the Fire Game, his debut. But the guy he replaced, Sid Breen. Look at Sid's numbers at first base for the Braves okay. for two World Series teams. All right, let me look him up. Really good defensive. Slow. Yeah, there you go. I mean, career high of 16 homers. Yeah. Usually 10 to 9 or 10. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the guy. Of, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's you got a seven eight hundred OPS. They, teams just at those corner positions, and it's, it's just a different game. You're right. I mean, when you have you have guys that are okay striking out, it's a lot easier to come by them. Yeah. Um. So the Braves have so the Braves have dropped three of four since that ridiculous what twenty seven and four run that got them to sixty wins ahead of everybody else in the majors. They've dropped three out of four, including two in a row. They are looking to avoid losing three in a row tonight for the first time since mid-May. <laughs> Arizona, meanwhile, is not the same Diamondbacks team that the Braves faced when they went out there. When the, at the time, remember the Diamondbacks were leading the had taken over the lead in the, yeah. in the West and led the West for quite a while. They're not. They're not now. The Dodgers have the uh, the cream is rising to the top, so to speak. <laughs> and uh, the Diamondbacks have lost four straight and eight out of ten. So I still think they're. A, a really good team, but you know, I, it's not too surprising that they didn't continue to lead the West. I mean, I don't think anybody thought they were going to hold off the, the, the Dodgers all year. No, I mean, it's the Dodgers are kind of, they're one of those teams that even when they're struggling, you know, they're eventually going to click. And the, what the Dodgers are doing, I mean, the Braves have had a lot of injuries. The Dodgers have had like twice as many injuries yeah. as the Braves. They, it is crazy. How I've many spooky bets in the infield. <laughs> How many key guys they've lost, both in the rotation and the lineup, and and a few great relievers too. But the rotation and the lineup has just been like decimated all year. So, yeah. but they got like the Braves; they've got a ton of depth, and that's why they're able to keep doing what they're doing. So, but they're 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 definitely not the same Dodger powerhouse that they've been because of you know the injuries. Very vulnerable in the postseason, put it that way. Um. Oh, I, I was looking at the coincidence of facing the the D backs now because the Braves started that that streak of eleven consecutive series wins, started it against Arizona, coming off a series loss at Oakland, the A's, yeah, the worst team in the majors, and at the time Oakland was on pace for like hundred and thirty losses or something crazy. Yeah. I mean, they're still the worst team in the majors, but they've played Cleaned a lot. It up a little, yeah, yeah. They've had a few good stretches since then. But they're still the worst team in the majors record-wise. Uh, the White Sox are bad, are not a good team, but they're not a terrible team like that at all. But still, to face the D-backs coming off that is kind of is kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I feel like the, we talked about it, but the All-Star break was kind of the only thing that could slow this team down. Yeah. And then they came out hot game one, and I was like, oh, what do I know? But yeah. it, it does it does kind of throw you off a little bit. Yeah, game one, they kind of lulled us because they had that grand slam. Mm-hmm. The, first, hit, the first yeah. inning, but they didn't really score much. What? How many? They, they they score some more. They scored a lot more runs in that game. That's right. They they added some late. But anyway, yeah. The next we saw the lull that some people thought they might have in the next two games. They're kind of flat. So I think that day off yesterday came at a great time. They really yeah. needed that day off to really get a day off to really relax and you know unwind for a day and uh, 
And uh, I, I fully expect them to come out tonight firing again. I saw somebody ask um, if that was the first time somebody's hit a grand slam and all four players that scored were all-stars. I was like, mm. oh, that's that might be true because he knocked in three. That's interesting. Who's 40 and himself. Whose 40 man spot is free taking. Who cares? Who cares? It'd be it's a couple more weeks, man. We'll worry about that when it happens. I mean, I would have told you two days ago, I wouldn't have told you Colby Allard's getting ready to go on the 60 day IL, you know? Yeah. I mean, I understand why people are interested in this kind of stuff, but I learned long ago it's stupid for me to sit here and predict who's going to replace who because it almost never works out because somebody gets hurt. You know? You know you, it's hard as a player not to see those things too. You, if you're like an up and down guy or something and you right, see right. Freed strikes out nine in his rehab appearance and you're the last reliever on the roster, you can almost psych yourself out and start playing GM and thinking, shit, I got to have some good games or I'm getting sent down. Sure enough, you have a couple bad ones. Yeah. But if you just think if I just pitch well, things will work out. That day comes and some weird thing happens. Somebody gets a neck cramp and all of a sudden you're still on the team. But yeah, you just you can't worry about that stuff because there's so much that can happen between now and then. Uh and 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 another one that, that people are surprised by, I just see the comment here, is Ian Anderson still isn't on the sixty eight IL, even though they knew he's out for the season. They haven't had to put him on it yet, so they haven't. So they could always put him on it when they need to. He's another one they can do. Um, how has Ronnie cut down on his strikeouts so much? Never seen a guy. It's impressive, man. He's so much more selective this year. He's not chasing. His chase rate's way down. He's just maturing as a hitter, and he's healthy. Yeah. I mean, last year, we probably would have seen this last year, you know, if he would have just continued the season he was having, that amazing season he was having in 2021, which is kind yeah. of where he's picked up this year. Mm -hmm. But – um. I think we're just seeing the development of a hitter. I mean, he's, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he called up at 20. Yeah. You don't even know the game yet. And, it, you know, another thing, last year might have been the best thing that could happen to him because he had to play like a normal human. So, you know, when your power's not there and you can't do these superhuman things he normally does, now you have to learn pitch selection. You, you can't hit certain balls out so you don't chase them. You know, yeah. I think it was probably a really good learning experience for him to have to play with 70% of his normal tools. Yeah, um, in the long run, I think he'll probably look back and say, you know, like Chipper, you know, Chipper had the ACL back when that was a really career-threatening type injury. I mean, the surgery wasn't nearly what it is today. Uh, but I think Chipper, you know, that year delayed for Chipper, you know, probably in some ways probably helped him. Who knows? But, uh, uh, you know. But I, I know it helped Acuna because he was able to work out so much and develop Develop parts of his body, kind of like a guy having TJ. You develop, yep. you develop shoulder muscles and everything that you don't normally work on. Well, the guy coming off ACL has got to be so fit and strengthen all that. And Chipper told Acuna right away, first thing you need to do is make sure you strengthen all the other muscles around the knee so that when you can start using it again, you've got everything yep. else that's ready to go. Don't let it atrophy. Yep. So yep. guys get stronger. And I mean, he is stronger this year. He's put on a little muscle, you know, and yep. – uh yeah, and and the speed obviously has not been affected at all by it. I mean, that's what ACL surgery is today, though. It's a, it's come so far with it with the scope and all that. They don't have to cut it open, and you feel you know like they used to. It's just different. They don't have to cut through all the so much muscle and everything and have it heal so much long. It takes so much longer to heal when you do all that than when you go in there with a the scope and do everything. Yeah, he's made those running, jumping plays. Yeah, five, ten times this year. You know, his athleticism is just unreal. But I think, yeah. you know, just maturing as a hitter, you see these guys come up with, with these crazy tools and they can do everything, but they're still pitchable. And yeah. it's almost like when you're so good, you can hit any pitch, any count. It's a lot harder to be patient and wait for the one. But you go through a phase where you don't quite have that skill, learn how to take at bats, and, and you get a chance in the big leagues to actually learn how people are going to pitch you. Because even yeah. in the minors, like, you might have this hole, but guys can't execute it. Guys can't set you up because they miss spots and, and you get this mistake. He's gotten a chance now. He's really, if he's learning how to hit and learning what pitchers are trying to do and learning all those little things, mm -hmm. you're, you're seeing who he's turning into. Um, somebody asked, could AA be targeting Josh Hader? Uh, mm -hmm. No, I don't see that at all because I don't see the Padres. Give waving a white flag. I mean, 
I don't think that their Preller can do that again. After spending all that money and making all those commitments, I don't think it, you can just bust it up at the trade deadline. It just looks terrible to do that. After you've got all the fan interest and you're getting big crowds and everything and all that, you spend all this money. I, I don't know that you can do that with, I mean, haters a free agent after the year, but he's still making 14 million this year. So he's still going to be owed what? Uh, six, five, five, five or, or six. six by then. Right. I don't think the Braves are. Eight and back I, in the wild card is a tough place to be. Oh, I know. I don't think they're going to get in at all, but I just don't know that you can tell, make that, uh, that you can make that uh, move. What that says to your fan base. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. They, their attendance is way up this year, up where the Braves are this year. Yeah. And if you pull the plug with two months left in the season, Hey, thanks for coming out and buying all those tickets. We'll come back again next year. We'll do it again. I mean, that's hard. Yeah. Cause, if anything, cause, you want to go try to get better at the deadline. Yeah. I mean, see if you could sneak in. We just talked about the Braves making a move for Fred McGriff in in uh, 93. That was when there was no wild card. And they were nine games behind the Giants and caught them with 104 wins. And the Giants yeah. missed the playoffs with 103. I mean, yeah, it doesn't happen very often, but it can. We saw the Braves that September with, with Freddie when Freddie was managing the swoon they had, where they had a double digit lead in the wild card race or whatever it was, and uh, yeah, and double digits, and they didn't make the playoffs the same year. That was two thousand eleven, right? Same year the Red Sox had the same lead and blew it the same year. Yeah, we I think we had eight or nine games going into September, maybe right. even ten. I think it was double digits. And yeah. we sucked the whole month. So I mean, it can happen. It can happen. When, when you got to catch multiple teams, it makes it a lot harder, obviously. But the Padres are a team with a lot of talent, obviously. And if everybody just gets – if a few guys just get hot. Yeah, and three of the know. teams ahead of them in the wild card are teams that haven't done this before. You know, Philly did it last year. San Francisco's – they always find a way to play some San Francisco. They always play well. But Cincinnati, Miami, yeah. Arizona, these and are all at, kind of teams new to this thing. And look at the Reds right now. Look what they've yeah. been doing. Yeah. They just got swept, lost four in a row. They scored. They had they scored. They had seven hits and no runs in a three game series, in a three game stretch. Seven hits and no runs. They must have been on the road. Um, I don't think so. I'm not sure, but that was that's unbelievable for yeah. what they were just a couple of weeks ago. So. I think that's that's one thing that you can look at though is teams that. It, when when you, everything's going your way and you're just you're on a roll, it's easy to kind of keep it up. But you hit a rough stretch, and you don't have that experience of being through it. Right. That panic button's easy to hit, and teams can fall apart. So I mean, right. I wouldn't I wouldn't expect San Diego to throw it in. I mean, if because if they get rid of Hater, that just says right there we're not going for we're, it this yeah, year. We're done. You know, because I mean, when you got a close, when you got a lead, he's pretty automatic, and they're going to win. Yeah. Um. Plus, they've got guys that have been through it, too. I mean, I know Soto's not the same Soto he was with the Nationals yet. I don't know if he ever will be, but he probably will be. But he's but he's been through it. Yeah. You know, they won a title. Machado's been through it. Machado's you know, been they got, got Tatis is damn Snell. good. Snell's been there. I mean, they've got guys that they could get hot. Probably the craziest thing this year is Tatis, I think, is leading some kind of defensive categories in right field. Yeah. Well, all defenders. Yeah. I know. I, that's crazy. An athlete. I know. That's crazy. Guys, let's take a quick break, and then we'll finish up the show. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And also, you guys were talking about the K through nine stat a little bit ago, and I looked up the single season record. I think you were two oh two. I of tried. The, you tried two of the four 
belonged to Shane uh, Bieber and Jacob deGrom, and both of those were in the shortened COVID season. Mm. So the only other like non-shortened right. season record belongs to at this at right now Strider, and then I think the other was Garrett Cole in 2019. So I mean, well, historic stuff. Yeah. I think it's like I think it's like 13.8. Yeah. So I mean, 0.5 points higher than that. I mean, just unreal stuff from Strider. It felt like Kimbrell struck out every hitter he faced <laughs> in his young prime, and he was always around 13. I know. And that was one inning stance. One inning. Yeah, that's why what Strider does is amazing. It's like uh, somebody said early on, what their, what, was Colorado the night I think he struck out, what, 16? And uh, and and uh, one of the Rockies, or it might have been Buddy Bell, said uh, – was it – yeah, it was the Rockies. Said it was like facing a closer for eight innings. Yeah. It was perfect. That night it was like that. I mean, that was two strikeouts in inning. Has anybody gotten close to 20 since Kerry Wood? Um, and not, and I want to say there's been an 18. Yeah, there's. I think there's been an 18. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, because when he got the 16, we looked it up. Uh, it was coming up like Hugh Darvish. Hugh Darvish uh, had a big yeah, one, yeah. maybe a 17 or 18. It was, or might have been 16, but I think it was like 17 or 18. There was a couple of guys, but not nobody's. Nobody's got. I don't think anybody's got nineteen. Oh, Scherzer got twenty in two thousand sixteen. Yeah, okay. there you go. Clemens did it once. I don't know something about Kerry Woods though was just that he was, was throwing wiffle balls. Record at the time. Yeah, and again, it was a different game back then. Twenty then is like twenty five now. I could see, I could see Strider doing it. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but it was a different game then. That's why the twenty stood out so much back then. 10 was a huge strikeout game. Yeah. And, yeah, those sliders he was throwing that day, oh, my. As the game got deeper, it looked like they were going, they were breaking more. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that was like – it wasn't just the 20 strikeouts themselves. It was also every pitch. Yeah. It was like the three pitches that led to the strikeout. Everything was so dirty. It was insane. You know, I don't think Strider – you know, he's his ball – he didn't have a breaking ball like that. Yeah, so his just explodes. He just blows fastballs by guys. And his is, is like a lot of people have described it. Even some like, like my buddy, his little kid is a little leaguer and watches Strider, and he's his favorite player. He he lives like in Jersey and was talking about Strider's his favorite player because people identify with him because he's smaller and all that, yeah. and he looks so different out there. But a lot of people describe his fastball as a laser. Yeah, because that's what it looks like. It doesn't go down. So you know, it's just like, yeah. <laughs> I saw a video of him. Uh, it was. I wish they showed it more, but it was like an umpire view of one of his pitches. And it's just insane. Anybody hits anything he throws. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, it, you see it and then it's already in the glove. And I thought really encouraging the other day in that bad, uh, in, in the, in the game where he got, gave up some, he had, uh, when he wanted to go down and get it a couple of times, he got fired up and, and needed a strikeout. He threw three 100 mile an hour pitches and won at bat against, I think it was against a, uh, Eloy Jimenez or uh, no against Robert Lewis Robert three 100 plus 100 to 100.5 mile an hour and one at bat so I think this year he's just learned, he's pitching more last year than just blowing people away but I think he's going to be a lot better suited to get through because remember he, last last year he hurt side and he just wasn't the same guy when he came back for the postseason yeah. I think he's uh you know not being overly careful, but I think he just knows he can't go out there and just throw a hundred a whole game every game, ninety eight to a hundred. There's there's a sweet spot effort level wise where you really don't lose any velo. You know, yeah. you can live at about and you can locate at ninety to ninety five percent effort. Yeah, but that hundred percent is there when you need it. You might get another tick or two and, and see those three straight hundreds. It's nice to have in your back pocket. But if you live at that hundred percent, you're just begging for an injury, and especially so, as a starter. And he's so smart and and. and and study so much and has such a good feel for his body that I think he is finding that spot that allow him to do, to be both the dominant pitcher, but also stay healthy and be there when the team needs him the most. So, because they got to have him for the postseason. Should the Braves go after David Robertson from the Mets? I doubt the Mets are trading anybody to the Braves. To the Braves. Yeah. I don't see them put trading it to the rival. I I don't see that happening. It's been a while since they've traded a significant player to the Braves. Um, I think they'll go out and get an arm. I don't know how big it'll be, but I think they'll go out and get an arm. There's going to be some more com- become available because teams are deciding right now: are we going for it or not? Yeah, Nick Anderson gonna... going down 
you know, we, it, I think it was that day we talked about trade deadline needs and things like that, but him going down now you got to get a reliever. Yeah. Mentor should be back, uh, bef- well before the, barring a setback, he should be back like after his 15 days are up. It was more precautionary thing because he didn't throw during the all-star break with the tightness in his, in his pack. So yeah. he needed to build back up. So that's why they put him on, even though it didn't, it didn't, it didn't get worse, but it didn't. He still felt the tightness during a break. That's why he didn't go out and throw. He had planned to keep throw to throw during a break and he didn't. So that shut down. They decided, you know, go ahead and put him on the IL, but he should be back. And, uh, and, uh, uh, Dylan Lee should should be back by early August, and that's two huge additions right there. And Jesse is making progress for sure. Yeah, you know he was on a cane for a while. Now he's getting up about ninety ninety five percent with the weight transfer and all that. So Those skinny legs, man, they took a blow. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty traumatic to uh, to the to the soft tissue around it, like not just the actual spot. He said. But more the ligaments and everything that was connected to it. It was like it radiated from it. All that swelling just goes everywhere. Um, real fast before we finish up here. Uh, I, and and I, it's not really an answer. I'm not really asking for any uh, analysis. But Austin Riley, man, is you keep waiting for him to get on one of those runs. But this is going on for a while now. He had a stretch. He had a couple stretches where he looked like Austin Riley. But he's having a terrible July, and it's bringing you know his numbers for the year now. I don't know. You think Austin Riley's going to be one of those guys that uh, he's not going to be like a Fred McGriff or a Chipper Jones? He's going to be a guy that has a bad year mixed in with a 30, 35 home run year and a 900 OPS followed by a 750 OPS. You think he's going to be that kind of guy? I don't know. I mean, he's getting answers right now. You know, I can tell you that. And this is, that's what makes those guys so great is they're out of this funk in a week or two weeks. His, yeah. his when he gets into a funk, you know, I mean, it's always just a bad habit, but I've listened to him talk a few times and he is so in tune with everything he's yeah. doing. It's almost, it can become a bad thing, you know, to, Overly. it's hard to, it's hard to shut the mind down. It's hard to stop working, but I mean, sometimes you just need a hard reset where it's like, I'm not even going to hit today or I'm not even going to work on anything. I'm just going to go try to barrel the ball. You know, sometimes it's it's good to simplify. But I remember seeing him and I was blown away, you know, how in depth he was with the mechanics of his swing. Yeah. But it can also be something that like you work yourself into a bad place and you're, you're thinking about your swing so much that it never gets a chance to reset. Paralysis by an Yeah. And it can analysis. become a bad thing. Well, you just stop moving fluid or you... Yeah. you what uh-huh. it, and that's what it is, you know. I mean, I've said it a lot, but every major league pitcher or, and every major league hitter you watch is one bad habit away from going to AAA, and one good habit, you know, one fix away from being the guy you thought they were and hitting three hundred with forty homers. You know, I mean, it's 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 hard to it's hard to put it into perspective, but that's the type of stuff that happens. And I think the more you analyze it, the more you work on it the easier it is to get into these funks and not be able to get out of them. He is, uh, his, his OPS now is 763, which on most teams that would be okay. But on the Braves, that's ninth among the Braves regulars. He's behind both catchers and all the other lineup regulars, except Michael Harris, who's at 743. But the way Harris has been playing that he could pass him in another two or three games. Yeah. And I think the question was, would you, see him moving in the lineup. I don't think so because the lineup's still doing fine. You know, I, I don't, oh, yeah. Yeah. if it ain't broke, don't fix it type of thing. And you know, as a pitcher who he is, you know, he can hurt you. You still have to respect him and pitch to the guy in front of him. Um, unless if they were really struggling offensively and he was doing this, then right. maybe you tweak with it. But if they struggle for, you know, lose a couple more games, don't score any runs or anything against Arizona, then maybe you consider it. But yeah, for yeah. right now. And if, you move him, then other guys have to move too. Right. And it's weird how comfortable somebody gets in one spot in the lineup, and you don't want to mess with everybody else. In July, eleven games in July, he has hit one ninety six, nine hits. We've got one homer, two RBIs, three walks, seventeen strikeouts in forty nine plate appearances. He's got a uh, two eighty three slugging percentage and a five twenty eight OPS in July. Yeah. So that's tough. 
Yeah, that's after ending what June. He had that big game in the last game, and my uh, he had a middle game, middle game against Miami. Series opener against Miami at the end of June. He went three for five with a homer, a double, a homer, and three RBIs. And it's like, oh, okay. And then after that, it's been he had a two hit game to start June. So since then, I mean, he had two hits and a double in the first game of June. So man, you take that one out, and whoa, it's really been. Dismal. Yeah, I've I've I have confidence he'll clean it up because he's been too good for too long. Yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna talk to sites about him today for, for running the sites. So the last ten games, last ten games, Austin Riley is seven for forty two. He's at one sixty seven with one homer, two RBIs, three walks, and sixteen strikeouts. He's got a four sixty OPS in his last ten games. But the Braves have won six of them, and the offense has been dominant. So yeah. You can put up with it as long as uh, some others don't start struggling. But it's just not what you expect to see from him. You think he's, he's become that guy that's going to OPS 850 to 900, you know, every year. Anyway, a reminder, hitting's really hard. Baseball's hard. <laughs> yeah, baseball's hard, man. It's the dumbest game in the world sometimes. All right, well, three-game series against the Diamondbacks. And the Braves go on the road to Milwaukee, which is playing a lot better now, a lot better. Yeah. So that's going to be as tough a series as it usually is in Milwaukee. And then it's two at Boston. There. And then two at Boston with a day off, I think, on both sides of that. There's always two. two games at Boston. I hate, I don't, I hate that. I don't so get that it. That's the, quote, natural rivalry for the Braves, even though it's not a natural rivalry. So they play two there and two here every year, and it's just dumb. It's Nobody likes two yeah. games. And it series. was like the Blue Jays when I was with the Braves or somebody else. It, it's always like it changes, but yeah. – that's Natural the one. rivalry. Well, that now they play every AL team every year, but that's that was the one team they played every year, even when they rotated the interleague, you know, between divisions. Yeah. And it's still the only AL team they're going to play two times every two series every year, but they're two game series. It's just they're like, hey, we got all these natural rivalries uh, lined up, but uh, we didn't have anything for you guys. So you got Boston because we couldn't figure anybody out for them because you started there. Your franchise yeah. was once there, so it's yeah. a natural rivalry. Yeah. What? Yeah. Atlanta and Boston, you know, that natural rivalry. <laughs> yeah, can't wait. <laughs> all right. All right. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate the comments and all that. And uh, we'll talk to you again uh, later this week. 75 is real. We out. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.